But turn with me to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians 1. I was going to share this word later in the message, but I'll do it right now. Verse 9 and 10 says this. And he made known to us the mystery of his will. Uh, I'm doing a follow-up from last week. The title of the message has been Unlocking the Mystery. We're going to do a, a, a three weeks. Uh, I'm in the middle of it right now. But we started last week, Unlocking the Mystery. And um, we, we titled last week's message, More Than You Can Bear Now. Jesus was telling his disciples, we've got so much more to tell you, but it's more than you can handle right now. But then he said, when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will lead you into all of the truth and he will start showing you a lot more than what you've seen and heard so far. Amen. It's an unfolding revelation. It keeps on going. There's no end to it. It's amazing. So he says here, praise God. He says, and he has made known to us the mystery of his will, okay, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ, verse 10, to be put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfillment, dash, to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. All things, the whole earth, and every other kingdom will fall. One will remain. All things under one head, even Christ. Praise God. We're celebrating uh, the 4th of July, American independence. Praise God. So many years ago, we declared our independence from Great Britain, who had colonized a lot of the world. Okay, they were an empire at the time, colonizing the world, set up the 13 colonies. At some point, we rose up and said, hey, we want to be independent from England, had the Revolutionary War, praise God, set up our own government and became the United States of America. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. And God used this nation to rise us up, praise the Lord, above every nation on earth and use this nation to spread freedom, democracy, and the word of God all over the world. It's amazing. When those, when those pilgrims landed and so many, they, they established this nation, had a meeting with that old rugged cross right there on the beach of, of Virginia and said, we're going to take this word from coast to coast. Hallelujah. Well, we did. And now it's going around the world. And America is still, hey, we travel the world. I'm telling you, America still is the greatest nation on earth. Amen. It's the greatest nation on earth because God, hallelujah, established it through the people here. Amen. And he used this country for such a time as this. But look around today, half the nation is turned away from God. All right, turned away in such a way. But I want to tell you the good news of this is God's plan, the mystery of his will in the end, he's going to bring all things together, heaven and earth, under one head, Jesus. Amen. Hey, it's good when, uh, when the righteous rule, the people rejoice. When you have good government and a good leader, praise God, the people begin to rejoice. Hey, one day, hallelujah, forever, forever, kingdom, a, a good government and a good ruler forever, all things under him. We're under him now. We have a good head and a good ruler right now as Christians. But one day, it's going to be all things in heaven and earth under one head. You got it? Amen. So if you're with him now, you're on the winning side. You're with him. You are on the winning side. Praise God. I want you to know uh, Luke Mann and uh, Victoria, those last two songs... Uh, Scott had fixed it up over there and Jade over here. Y'all were live in India. Amen. They were, they were uh, piping that right through. And some of the leaders over there and other folks were watching. They wanted to see a little worship. Uh, our guys preached to about 
eight different churches 10 hours ago, Sunday morning in India. They're trekking back to Hyderabad and uh, tomorrow night sometime we'll be flying back this way. It's been a great trip. And next week we'll take a little pause in our three-week uh, series on the mystery revealed, unlocking the mystery of this word, unlocking the mystery. And uh, they'll share on India and then we'll hit it up again, okay? Amen. How many have been enjoying the series so far last week? Come back for some more. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, praise God. I got to share some things Wednesday night. I don't normally preach Wednesday night, but I let it. I let a lot hang loose on Wednesday night. Amen. Amen. It was uh, great fun. Praise God. This word is uh, is amazing. All right. Let's start out in Corinthians. Go with me, church, to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We're titling the second part of this series, To Paul and Through Paul. Unlocking the mystery, number two, to Paul and through Paul. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We're going to start there and we're going to look a little bit into Paul and why and how he could understand so much that, you know, God used him to write most of the New Testament. And this mystery of Christ and who he is in us came to Paul. And he wrote it down, not just, you know, from, God gave him the revelation to get through him to Paul, but not only to him, but through him to you. Amen? So it's God's word, it's God's will, it's God's revelation, but it comes through his body the church through Paul now is coming through and what he learned. So let's look into this. First Corinthians chapter two, starting in verse six. He says, we do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature. Everybody say mature. But not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. All things are coming under one head, Jesus the rulers who think there's something without him in this age are coming to nothing. Amen? Okay? So don't, don't let Putin scare you or even Adad Minijab and Iran, however you say his name, or the, the wacko crazy guy in North Korea. Look, all things are going to come under one head, Jesus. And if you're with him, you're on the winning side. All right? Okay? All of that stuff's going to shake, rattle, and roll for a while, but it's all coming down one day. And there is going to be some global warming. I don't believe in what they're trying to do now is uh, scare America into uh, yielding our sovereignty over to other nations by these contracts and treaties. One day there's going to be global warning, warning when, global warming when God melts the elements with a fervent heat all over the globe. And through that, he's going to purge the whole earth and there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth purged by fire. There'll be some global warming then, okay? <laughs> but you know what? You won't be around there. Praise God. Amen. All right. But that's going to happen. Hallelujah. But in 2 Corinthians, I mean, 1 Corinthians 2, let's look at it again. Wisdom among the mature, not the wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. Verse 7. No, we speak God's secret wisdom. Everybody say secret wisdom. King James says the hidden, a mystery hidden, hidden mystery. We're talking about unlocking the mysteries of God here. In these three weeks, unlocking the mysteries and he making it known to us by the spirit, 
We speak a hidden wisdom and that God destined for our glory before time began. Man, he knows all past, present, and future. He had a plan and he destined this hidden wisdom for our glory, even before it all. None of the rulers of this age understand it. They still don't. I hear all them talking heads on TV, man. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm pulling for one day to have a new um, news show that just gives hard news. Every news show today is all these opinions. Who are these people that think they got it all figured out? Without God, they don't know anything. Okay? I got to flip through channels getting the facts from, uh, from Iraq and from this place and that place. But you watch our news shows today. It's an opinion panel here, an opinion panel here, arguing about what they think about the news. Just give me the news. I know more than what you know about what's behind it because I read the word and you don't. I don't want to hear your, your ideas and your thoughts and you're a bunch of wackos who don't know God. Hello? Man, let's uh, rise up. Somebody make a, a straight news channel and let's give us the news and we'll figure it out by the word. Hello? Anyway, I'm going to get off that soapbox. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It says in verse 8, none of the rulers of this age understood it and they still don't okay for if they had they would not have crucified the lord of glory and if they do now they wouldn't be mocking him or turning away from him they'd be listening to him okay if they could understand things they would want to follow christ you look at folks who don't follow christ you'll see folks who have no wisdom they have wisdom of this world which is not wisdom you know you can be a great scholar in one of the sciences or one of the maths or one of this or one of that, a great scholar, and receive all the acclimates from the, from the world and, and all of that. But if you don't know God and you don't make it to heaven, you are a loser. <laughs> right? It, the wisdom of the world is, is, not, is dumb if you don't make it. It's just stupid. Foolishness is, is ridiculous. You know, uh, we, we know God who has the plan for the whole ages, the mystery revealed, and it's being revealed not to them, it's being revealed to us because the Spirit of the Lord lives in us. Amen? Now, praise God. It's, it's good to have wisdom of the sciences and wisdom of all the things because all of that is God. Solomon, in the, in, the, in, in the wisdom God gave him, studied the plants, the animals, all of that. But you look into the earth, look into the stars. If you look with the, with the right heart, you'll see God in everything. When you study science, you're studying how God created everything and what he created and what else. It's God. You look deep enough and you'll see God in it all. Amen? Because he's the author of all of it. Praise God. Amen. Now it goes on to say, they didn't understand it, for if they had, they would never have crucified the Lord of glory. Verse 9. However, as it is written, here's why they did it. As it is written, no eye has seen no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. No eye has seen, no ear has heard. Now folks, the wisdom of the world doesn't understand anything about the things of God. But sometimes this verse is misquoted here. No eye has seen, no ear has heard. So why are you people coming to church and trying to figure it out if no eye has seen, no ear has heard, understand, no, can understand God? That's not what it says. Oh, they get into all kinds of things and don't understand something. Well, we can't comprehend this. It's just, you know, you know, why did this happen? Why did that happen? You know, no eye has seen, no ear has heard. So, hey, don't go there. You, you can't figure it out. That's not what it's saying. 
It's not what it's saying. You have to read the whole thing. The next line says, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind conceived what God has prepared for those who love him, but God. Everybody say, but God. But God has revealed it to us. No other eye has seen, no other ear has heard, no other mind can comprehend, but we, the people of God, can comprehend. That's what it says. That's a different take on it, isn't it? Well, it's just straight there from the word, but God has revealed it to us by his spirit, not by carnal thinking or carnal wisdom or carnal of the worldly wisdom. He's revealed it to us. Why? By his spirit. Here's why. Because the spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. Everybody say deep things. The spirit searches even the deep things of God for who among men knows the thoughts of, of, of man except the man's spirit within him? In the same one, no one knows the thoughts of God except for the spirit of God. Granted, no one, knows, no one can know the thoughts of God except for the spirit of God. But then look at the next line. Isn't it cool? Watch this. We have not received the spirit from the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given us. No mind can conceive, no heart, no eye has seen, no ear has heard. Nobody can comprehend except the Spirit of God. And then it says, and the Spirit of God now has been given to us, the believer. So we can know. We can understand. It can be revealed to us, church. The deep things of God, His plan, His purpose, the mystery, unlocking the mystery to understand why we're here and our purpose in life and see the big picture. And bad things happen and folks say, well, you know, God must have did this. God did that. God did this. And, we, and they're clueless to the truth because they're not searching and seeking by the Spirit of the Lord. If you're a Christian, dwells in you and the Spirit of the Lord knows the mind of God and that Spirit dwells in the Christian. Now, if you're not a Christian yet, you're clueless to what I'm saying. A lot of these things, what God's drawing you or you wouldn't be here. So God wants to show you, wants to reveal. All you got to do is have an open mind. Show me, God. Teach me. I want to know you. You can get saved, and then the Spirit of the Lord will live in you. And you can start unveiling the mysteries and see what God has for you because the Spirit of God knows it all and dwells in us. It's amazing. It's amazing. That's why we call it the good news. It's almost too good to be true. Hallelujah. We may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, expressing spiritual truths in spiritual words. The man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God. They're foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. Verse 15, y'all following? Y'all still with me? Go ahead, shout amen. Amen. It just means yes. It means I agree. I'm with you. I'm there. The spiritual man makes judgments about all things, but he himself is not subject to man's judgment. Now it quotes again, verse 16. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? Then it answers it. We have the mind of Christ. We, the church, the body of Christ, has the mind of Christ. The body of Christ has the spirit of God. The body of Christ has the same spirit that knows it all, dwells inside of us. And we can tap into the mystery 
the hidden secret mystery of God. We can know it can unfold. We are, title of this message, unlocking the mystery. 1 Corinthians, flip back a page, chapter 1, verse 18. Don't you know the Bible says, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing? Those who don't have the Spirit of God and they're not open to receive, it sounds like foolishness. It just sounds like it's foolishness to them. To those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. He said, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the intelligence of the intelligent I will frustrate. You know, look at verse 21. For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not know him. Okay. In the wisdom of God, he decided, let the world grow in their own wisdom and that will never lead to me. In the wisdom of God, God let the world's wisdom will never lead to me. He said, in the wisdom of God, through its wisdom, did the world, through its wisdom, did not know him. God is pleased that through the foolish, foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. So in the, in the world's eyes, what we do here every Sunday and going to India and doing this, it just sounds like foolishness to them. But God chose that. The foolishness, what the world thinks is foolishness, he said it's the power of God to salvation. Amen. Amen? We know and we can understand that. It says Jews demand miraculous signs. The Greeks look for wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified. We preach that. Christ crucified. The risen. He, he died on the cross. He rose again. He saved. If you believe that, that's how all of this opens to you. That's what it is. That's what we preach. And we're unashamed of it. And man, it's the gospel. It is the good news. We preach Christ crucified. Hallelujah. He says, it's a stumbling block to the Jews and it's foolishness to the Greeks, the Gentiles. But to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. Hallelujah. For the foolishness of God is wiser than man's wisdom and the weakness of God is stronger than man's strength. Man, God's ways are so much bigger than man's ways, the way he chose to do things. He didn't come set up his kingdom with a, a big fanfare through the temple in Jerusalem at the time. Came as a little baby in a manger out in a place called Bethlehem. Amen. He humbled. He humbled himself and became a man and walked among us. For whosoever will wants to tap into this can. Amen. It's a choice by love to pursue and to want to know. Let's move on a little bit. Praise God. Amen. Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews 5. I'm, going to do, I'm doing a little bit of a review. I'll get into the meat of the message today. Hebrews, James, Peter, almost to Revelation. Flip there. Most of this stuff you really need to see for yourself. Hebrews 5 verse 11. We have much to say about this. I read this a few weeks ago. But it's hard to explain because sometimes we are slow to learn. In fact, though this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God, God's word, all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Okay, now I want to talk to you this week in this coming series on unlocking the mysteries of God. Okay, taking this thing deeper into the mysteries of God, unveiling more truth of who Jesus is and who he is in us. 
okay? And, and making that go deeper, praise God, we're praying that prayer of Ephesians 1 that the eyes of our heart may be enlightened to the rest of the truth. Not just he died and he rose again, but what does that mean? What does it mean in us? Not just the gospel as the four gospels see in a picture of it, but more as Paul saw an x-ray. What does it do in you? Amen? So, he's saying it here, Hebrews 5, okay? So some folks don't go on into this because they have need of milk again and again. Why? Verse 13, this is very important. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. Amen. Why is the church around the world, I'm not, I'm not, why is the church? The church is growing in the knowledge and truth and we're becoming mature. And right, but there's so many that are still on milk. Why? And they can't go on to deeper things of God because they're not acquainted with the teaching of righteousness. In other words, simply put, they don't know they're righteous. They think if you go into a church that's always teaching, preaching that you're a filthy, rotten sinner, that you're never good enough, that you haven't been saved, you're not cleansed. I'd go this all over the time over here at this church. If you still think that way, you can't go on to the deep things of God because you're not acquainted with the truth about righteousness. Righteousness is the basic Right? Jesus Christ, our righteousness, the cornerstone of the church, and you can't move forward in the deeper things of God, the meat of the word, till you get that established that you're born again, you used to be a sinner, now you're saved, you're a new creation, and you're righteous. If you don't see yourself as that, I've got classes for you, books for you to help you, because you can't understand what I'm going to teach if you don't get that. You can't move forward. You can't believe God's going to use you. You can't believe God's going to heal somebody through you. You can't believe that God's going to save your marriage or help your finances or do this for your child or do this or answer your prayer if you don't think you're right with him. Right. So being right with him is the foundational truth for everything else I want to teach. That's why we have to teach it so much over again, like it says here. New folks coming. Hey, that's why church, I have books for you. We have this set up where you can do this. River of Life 101 is out there on the shelf. They're 10 bucks. Get one, read it. We offer classes in it every now and then. Hey, get together five or six. If you haven't read it yet, get a team together of six or seven. Meet it Tuesday night in somebody's house and study it till you get through. That's River of Life 101. I don't want you teaching classes or working with kids or doing anything else till you get River of Life 101 in you. No amens there from my leaders? Come on. We got a river of life 101, 102, 103. It's out there. Joseph Prince, Destined Terrain, River of Life 101. Andrew Womack, The War is Over. It's a river of life 101. They both teach the same thing. Same thing Paul teaches, same thing God teaches. I'm teaching. Get it, read it. You can't move on unless you understand righteousness. You can't, you, you don't have a clue. If you don't know that God saved you and you're righteous now, you have no clue about, you don't understand the gospel. You just don't get it. We'll teach it to you. We'll help you. But I'm ready to, I think I saw lots of folks here that's ready to move on. Amen. Y'all all right? So 
Anyone's on milk, being an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. Man, I let it all out Wednesday night. If people heard it. If they were here, they could understand it. If they, if they got that, if they don't understand it now, hey, you can get, read one of those books I'm telling you about. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Constant use. They understand they're righteous and they start using it. They start walking it out. The devil says, you messed up here, you messed up there. And they say, hey, speak to the hand, devil. Uh, I'm not talking to you. Uh, the blood, the blood. Remember the blood. Ha, ha, ha. The blood has washed me. I'm not that. Well, I fell. I did this. I did this. But that's not who I am, devil. I may have outwardly messed up, but inwardly I'm a saint of the living God. The blood. Okay? Don't talk to me, devil. The blood. We sprinkle blood all over the place. I told you. Man, the blood was the highest offering of the Old Testament. The blood, and they would sprinkle it. Everything had to be cleansed with the blood. They did it physically in the old. In the new, praise God, we use the blood, the hyssop of our tongue, to apply the blood to everything. Hallelujah. I'm slinging blood all over the place right now. The blood! The accuser comes to accuse you of your past, your sin, or your current falling and come to accuse you, but he can't cross the blood. The blood has washed your sin yesterday, today, and forever, and you have to be established by the blood of Jesus Christ because it's holy and righteous and perfect, and God has accepted it once and for all. Everybody say once. He doesn't judge you for your sin. He doesn't punish you for your sin again and again and again. He can't. He punished Christ once. Everybody say once. Once and for all. One sacrifice for all time. Done. It's finished. Well, what about the weakness of my flesh and I struggled here? And the devil comes. Who are you to preach? You know, did you, did you, you get in a fight with your wife over the kids lost shoe and you had trouble getting up in the morning, getting here? Were you frustrated? You can't preach today. The blood! Yeah. You, we all go through stuff in our life. And the devil wants to put you down and say, uh, and, and you know, who are you to lift your hands today? Look what you're, 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 you messed up. The blood! Yeah. Praise the Lord. Once! I tell, tell a story. Tell the uh, devil a story. Once upon a time, devil. Once. You can't. No, no, you're not going to try to trick me up. Say I got to pay for my sin or I got to, you know, you're going to put this sickness on me that I deserve because I messed up here. Or you're going to keep me from this or you're going to do that to me or you're going to do this. And I deserve it from my, my, uh, once upon a time, devil. The blood was shed for me one time forever. And it's still working today. Praise the Lord, unlocking this mystery. Therefore, let us, verse chapter 6, if you're following along, Hebrews 6, 1. Therefore, church, let us leave the elementary teachings about Christ. Well, pastor, how come you're not preaching salvation every Sunday? Because I'm preaching mostly to the saints. That's why. How come you're not having an altar call at the end of the meeting every Sunday? Because I'm preaching to the saints for you to go win the lost. I'm equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. And while I'm preaching it, if you're believing it, you're being saved. How many altar calls did Jesus give? 
Read it. He just preached the word. If they believed it, they got saved. They started following him. If you believe it, you'll start following Christ. Repentance means you change your mind, you turn. You were going this way, thinking this, wondering this, wondering that. I'm preaching to some saints now, and repentance is happening now. You used to think you're always a filthy, rotten sinner. This, this, this is an ongoing thing. You'll never quite get it right. And, and now, by preaching the truth, you're repenting now. You're hearing the truth, and the truth is changing your mind. That's repentance. Repentance keeps on going all throughout your life. You're always changing your mind as the revelation unfolds. We change the mind. Hey, we, get, we recognize we're sinners. We receive Christ as our Savior. That's the foundation. We're born again. But now we go through repentance all the way through. I'm not talking about weeping at the altar. I'm talking about changing our mind about how we do things. We get a deeper revelation about our healing. We step into it. That's repentance. We're repenting from an old way. We get a deeper revelation of how to treat our wife. We repent. We turn. We get a deeper revelation of how to handle our finances. We repent. We turn. We're repenting all the time. We're moving from glory to glory. This revelation is growing deeper, and we're taking hold of that which has already taken hold of us. He will never let go. We're taking hold of it more and more. As the revelation opens up, we take hold of it. As it opens up again, we take hold of some more. Okay? If you're missing several Sundays and out for a few months, and you're missing out on reading, studying, and getting together, you're missing out on what you could have been taking hold of. Okay? Praise the Lord. So it's all there for the taken. He has already taken hold of you. Remember, I told you, praise God, you know, it's the grip of grace. He's got you. Your hand may get weak and slip. I gave you the example. I'm walking trip out by the road. Okay. If we're walking out there by the mailbox, or we're going to go across the road. Or we're going to ride the bike through the ditch and come up the other side when no cars are coming, when Nanny's Grammy's not looking. <laughs> Y'all don't say nothing. Oh, I'm sorry. His mama's here. Oh. I've got that. I've got him. My grip on him is tighter than his. his. His grip might get weak, but I'm right there. If we're riding our bikes and, and there's a car coming, I tell him to get on the white line. I'm on this side, buddy. He's not crossing me into that car. Okay? But he will nudge him off the side of the road, but he's not crossing me. So God's grip on you is stronger than your grip on him. And he'll never let go. He'll never leave you or forsake you. You may be weak in the flesh. You may be weak in your mind. Different things have happened. But God's got a hold of you. He's taken hold of you. Now, by knowledge of the truth, you're starting to take hold of more and more and more of the revelation of him. I keep telling this. The answer to every problem or every struggle, every struggle, is a deeper revelation of the person of Christ. This is the mystery we're unfolding Unlocking the mystery, the secret wisdom of God. What is it? Well, I'll show you later. I'm getting ahead of the messenger. It's Christ. It's Him. Seeing Him for who He is and who He is in us. That's the mystery that we don't fully know. He, it's in our spirit, but our mind hasn't come. Hey, Victoria was singing it. The last song. Let me see, I wrote it down because... Though we cannot comprehend, though we cannot comprehend such a mystery, just a glimpse of, of you revealed is compelling us to sing. So I want to give you a deeper glimpse of him revealed today in each time we come. The answer to everything is a deeper 
glimpse of him being revealed to us. And as we see him and who he is in us, the power of the resurrection grows in us and we become more like him. You are destined, church, to be conformed into the very image of Christ himself. Oh, but pastor, you don't understand. I'm just visiting this church. (laughs) I don't want all that. I just come to, you know... I just come for a little bit and I want to hear something and get out. Let me something. If you're a believer in Christ, you are destined to be conformed to the very image of Christ. Oh, but I don't want to be religious. I'm not. I mean, either me and God hate religion. I'm not religious, man. Okay. Pure religion is visiting the widow and the orphan. Okay. It's not religious stuff, not religious doctrine. Okay. But if we are born again, that seed in you is going to produce Christ in you. This is the mystery I'm talking about. The seed you swallowed. See, everything, seed, time, and harvest. God made the whole earth that every seed reproduces itself, reproduces its kind. And Christ, the seed of the word of the kingdom of God planted in the world, was buried and died and came up and producing glory. Well, it was buried in you when you received it. And though you don't understand how it's working, and though you can't see all the fruit just yet, and though you still need some pruning, and you need some fertilizing, you need some water, that seed is still working, and it will produce Christ. It will produce its kind in you. The seed will produce its kind. It's producing Christ in you. And that's the mystery I'm talking about. Christ in you, the hope of glory. The mystery revealed. Hallelujah. But, you know, our mind has trouble fathoming it. So we need to keep on hearing, keep on preaching, keep on teaching so we can start to wrap, so we can become mature. Let us leave the elementary teachings about Christ and go on to maturity. Now, what are the elementary teachings about Christ? He says it. Let's don't lay again the foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death. Let's don't lay, uh, again, the foundation of preaching against sin that leads you to die and go to hell. Let's don't do that to the saints. Hey, you, you bring, me, bring me in a bunch of lost folks in here next Sunday, praise God. Everybody bring five lost folks. I'll preach the lights out on evangelism and have an altar call. Okay, you all want to do that? I, I, love, I want to do that. But mostly in the churches, we're preaching to the saints. And y'all do the work of the ministry out on your job and in your family. And you've got guests here that it's been good to you, so you shared it with them, and now they're here hearing it. That's good. And it multiplies. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So let's leave the elementary teachings about repentance from acts that lead to death and faith in God. That's an elementary teaching. Faith in God. Okay? Instructions about baptisms... We'll do a baptism the end of July. Those of you who have come to Christ and need to get baptized the end of July, hey, let's baptize 20, 30. That'll be good. Amen? The laying on of hands. That's an, oh, people freak out when some, hey, they might see the pastor around here laying hands on people and praying for them. That's an elementary teaching. That's elementary. Don't freak out about that anymore. Be mature. Grow up. This is the body of Christ. These are the hands of Christ. That's Christ touching you now, man. Amen. That's an elementary teaching. Shouldn't freak anybody out. It's elementary. Grow up. Be mature. Lay hands on people yourself. You, you got a child that's scared at night? Go lay hands on them and speak peace. 
and out of you will flow rivers of living water and touch that child and heal and deliver. Lay hands and believe. Christ said, they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Well, it doesn't say just this pray. Well, Lord God, we give this to you. If, you. if it be your will, he might get healed, might not. I'm leaving it to you. No, he said, you lay hands on them and you speak it. And he told them to heal the sick. In his name, do it. Amen, that's elementary. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Eternal judgment. That's elementary. Let's leave that. Let's go on to maturity. We know that already. We know there's eternal judgment. Every now and then we, we remind people and we teach it again because there's new folks coming. But he's saying all of these things are elementary. Let's go on to maturity. Praise God. Now, let's look at Paul and how and why he understood these things that he could teach us. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And I'm going to try to move, move on from my review. Okay? 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Everybody okay? Praise the Lord. Now, I'm reminded you, I told you, Jesus and John said, I have much more to say to you, but you can't bear it now. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he'll lead you in all truth. Well, guess what, guys? The spirit of truth has come. And if you're a believer, he's in you. And as you yield to Jesus to fill you, he'll continue to fill you in areas of your life. If you're holding on to some areas of your life where you're Lord of that part, yield that to the spirit. Let God be the Lord of that part, too, and be filled some more. A continual infilling. Be not drunk with wine every day. Here, there, you know, but be filled with the Spirit. Drink it every day. Drink in the Spirit every day. Lord, a fresh infilling. Today, out, he that believes out of my belly is flowing rivers of light, living water. And if you're open to it and receiving it, you're drinking of the cup. You're drinking the spiritual wine now. Matt's got a message. He just preached in India. He preaches it with me everywhere I go. Okay, let's get drunk on the new wine it's talking about. Okay, the new wine. Okay, so praise the Lord. So he's telling us here. Amen. Second Corinthians 12. I must go on boasting, he says. And if you have to read the whole chapter, understand, you know, they were some of the Corinthian church was complaining, Paul. You know, we heard this other guy come through and this one here and they're teaching you how to get circumcised and they're teaching this and this. He said, look, man, I don't ever tell you what all God's done in my life. And he says, I'll be foolish enough to start boasting. But if I boast, I'm not going to boast about what I'm doing. I'm going to boast about my sufferings and how Christ has flown, used to go through it. So he starts telling about all of his sufferings. I mean, this, this guy was shipwrecked, stoned, beaten, left for dead, whipped a number of times. And yet the power of God just flowed through him. See, Christ said, my strength is made perfect in weakness. Amen. DJ texts the other night, sick as a dog, three o'clock in the morning. Pray for us. I got to preach in six hours in the morning. He's going to preach credit of righteousness. We begin to, begin to pray. Some folks back here begin to pray. He got out that, that morning, wasn't feeling fully up, but praise God was in him. He stepped out, started to preach, and the river began to flow in his weakness. It was made alive and strong and went out stronger than ever before. Amen. Hallelujah. And he never had to puke the whole message he just preached. Amen. 
Come on. Hey. Not the first time. Yeah. Be strong like a soldier. Be strong like a soldier. Have some toughness about you. You know, you got to go to work. You know, you don't say, well, do we feel like going to church this morning? Do you say that? Do I feel like going to work today? You buck up and do it. It's time to work. Do it. Praise God. An athlete, I remember, you know, we had to run two miles in 12 minutes. If you didn't do it, you're off the Division I college soccer team. If you have to roll around and puke and get up and run again, you just do it. Got to buck up. Yeah, y'all think of two miles and 12. Yeah, that's pushing it. Okay, six minutes a mile for two miles. You got to buck up and be able to do something. Amen? So you can be, be tough, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. In our weakness, sometimes we rely on him and he is our strength. So Paul said, I'm not going to boast about, I'm going to boast about my hardships and my struggles and how God used it anyway. And he began to share. But now he says, okay, if I must go on boasting, let me tell you this. And I'm glad he did. Because we can all learn something from it. Watch what Paul said in chapter 12. Although there is nothing to be gained, I will go on to visions and revelations from the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up into the third heaven. Whether it was in the body or out of the body, I don't know. God knows. And I know that this man, whether in the body or apart from the body, I do not know. But God knows was caught up into paradise. He heard inexpressible things, things that man is not permitted to tell. I will boast about a man like that, but I will not boast about myself, even just except about my weaknesses. Hallelujah. Well, well, no, by the Spirit. I mean, he's talking about himself. He just didn't want to talk about himself in such a way. He was with God in the third heaven, hearing and seeing things that's blow him away. He wasn't sure if he was in his body or out of his body in the spirit. He couldn't tell. You ever had a dream like that? You're not sure, you know, you're out of your body or in, in with a revelation. You can, um, God gave the spirit. So, hey, we'll have dreams and visions and different things. Okay. Anyway, so. He says this, and he went to the, the third heaven. Now, let me just tell you, go to, to see that, to understand what that is. Revelation chapter 4, John is writing about the same thing. He said, I saw the throne of God. John went to the third heaven as well in a vision, and he saw the throne of God, the elders around the throne, everything he described. He saw God's throne. See, it's a real place. The third heaven. So let me just explain. The first heaven is simply you step outside, look up at the clouds, and you see the stars, and you see the clouds, and you see all that's the first heaven. That's what we can see physically. The second heaven is when you step beyond the physical into the spiritual. Didn't Paul tell us through his knowledge of the mystery that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against spiritual powers in the heavenly realms? So behind the physical is the spiritual realm. You can open it up like a veil and and go into it spiritually. That is the spiritual realm. Some of you guys on a bad trip have seen the dark realm, (laughs) haven't you? Okay. I mean, demons are real. Some of you have seen it, right? I've counseled with some of you. I know. Some of that's real. Okay. It's real. Some of that was just bad pizza you ate, but some of it was real. All right. 
Or you walk, it's kind of like Elijah took, he opened the eyes and said, hey, there's more for us than there are against us. And they said, what are you talking about? I see the army all around against us. Who's for us? And he said, God opened his eyes to the spiritual realm and, and like a curtain all back. And he saw the angels, the host of God, surrounding the whole place with their armies on horses. And, the battle, and, and they won the battle because of God's army. So there's a spiritual realm. My, my daughter, Jessie, praise God, thank you for the showers. Y'all blessed her. She's going back with all that to have a baby in October. My wife's on the way. We prayed, laid hands, hallelujah, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we loose angels of protection to go with them. We tapped into the spiritual realm. That's real. Angels are real. Demons are real. So the second heaven is that. But there's a third heaven that Paul went to, the very throne of God. Yes, God is omnipotent and omnipresent. He's everywhere in all things. You can see him in the trees and the stars and in the people that he lives in. He doesn't live in everybody, only his children. Hello? God can't dwell in what's not cleansed. He's holy. Okay? If you're a Christian and he dwells in you, you are holy. Your brain might not get it yet. God couldn't, if God couldn't dwell in you if you weren't clean. That's elementary, and yet so many can't get it. The Spirit of the Lord moves in to the believer. You receive Christ by His Spirit, and God's Spirit is holy. Couldn't live in you if you weren't clean by the blood. So if you're a Christian, the Holy Spirit lives in you. You are clean. Amen. You're not a sinner. If you're a Christian, the Spirit of God couldn't live in a sinner. I, I think I shared what my brother's idea was Wednesday. Anybody ever painted a wall? Most of us have painted a wall. I've painted walls before, but I'm not a painter. Okay? I may sin, but I'm not a sinner. You see it? I'm not a professional sinner. That's not who I am. I'm a Christian and I'm a saint, holy. And because of my weakness, I might fall in sin, but I'm not a sinner. If you're a Christian, you're not a sinner, though you may sin. It's quiet in here. Good. Let it sink in. You may have painted a wall that doesn't make you a painter. Right, Jake? Jake's had lots of folks that say I'm a painter and he had to paint behind them. Okay? He painted this. Praise the Lord. Amen? So if you're born again, you're no longer a sinner. You're a saint. Holy, righteous. Now the Spirit of the Lord dwells in you. So the third heaven, praise God, is that place of God's throne. Paul went there. Let's look at some more about Paul here. Acts chapter 5. I'm glad I'm doing a series, Andrew. I can continue. Amen. I must summarize a few things, and then I'm going to close and get y'all back for the third part of the series, okay? There might even be a fourth. The revelation of who Christ is in us, I guess, is a continual series forever, though, huh? I'm just getting us started in it. But I'll just paraphrase some in Acts here. Let me share this with you quickly, and we'll close for y'all's lunch, Okay. There was a guy, a Pharisee, teacher of the law named Gamaliel. He was one of the most respected around Israel of the time. 
Paul was chosen by him to come up in his ministry to be a disciple of Gamaliel when Paul was Saul. He came up studying, and he knew, and he was an ace student, buddy. Paul was going up under that. Was going to be, he was going to be a rabbi too, Saul, and teach all of this. And man, he came up, and he, had, he knew the law better than anybody. He knew the Torah, the Old Covenant, the prophets, the, the law, everything. And he had it in him, and he was zealous about it. He was zealous about it. And you know, he was going to kill the Christians, those who were following the way, because he thought they were against the law. Buddy, I preach we're not under the law. doesn't mean I'm against it. I'm for it. The law brings people to realize they need Savior. That's what it's for. And we're not under it now. Christ is the end of the law for those who believe. doesn't make me against the law. I'm just saying it has no hold on me anymore. It has no part of my life. I got a new law written on my heart. The, heart of the, the law of love. Okay, I got a new law, a New Testament law. The Old Testament's done. It's finished. Paul came up in that. And when people started following Jesus instead of the Pharisees and the legalists, he was angry and he went to kill them. And Jesus met him on the way in Acts chapter 9. And he saw the risen Savior. And he heard his word. Okay? And he said, you're going to take this to the Gentiles. Paul was blinded by the light. Had to have somebody in the church lay hands on him. Because the Bible tells us to lay hands on them. So God did it his way. Paul had to walk around blind till the guy that was told to would lay hands on him and the scales fell off his eyes and now he could physically see. But praise God, already he was spiritually. What he wrote in Ephesians 1 for us, the eyes of our heart be enlightened to the truth of all that Christ has done for us and in us and doing. Amen. His eyes were beginning to be opened and he started setting out and doing these things and it continued to unfold and unfold. And man, I'm just going to take the mystery of the, the hidden mystery of God, the secret wisdom that Paul, who went to the third heaven and talked to God and saw Jesus on the road and everything he wrote about to show us by the Holy Spirit, we're going to unfold and break that bread and see it more clearly. Here's why, church. This is the end. Because it's not about just what Christ did on the cross for you. It's everything about that he did in his spirit, in you. So the mystery, the Bible says, unlocking this mystery, what is the mystery? Christ in you. But we as a body of Christ around the world are just starting more and more to break that open and see it more clearly. And it will continue. Hey, I'm going to continue to grow in it and see more clearly. I'm going to share what he shares with me. Your teachers are growing in it. They're going to share with you. We're reading about it together. We express it. Hey, God, hey, I love to see people in the church come together. They, they're at, they're at uh, Altit somewhere. They're doing this or they're at work and say, man, and they get a revelation and they share it. And they say, yeah, look what happened here. And they share a testimony and we grow up each other in the knowledge of him and we get stronger in him. The revelation of Christ in us is growing among us. Amen. Amen. And it's a beautiful and wonderful thing. Hey, tell five people about what's happening here that maybe are stuck in the elementary teachings of, church, of, of the body of Christ. Always about repentance of dead works. Always about eternal judgment. Tell them, hey, there's a lot more and bring them with you. I got some other way even easier, man. 
Turn them on. Jade's going to show you. He's building an app right now that's going to have all this. We've got podcasts with these messages. We've got a lot of three-minute. Hey, if you're new here, if you're a guest, let me tell you something. You can go to the riverflows.net. And you can, the river flows, that's our website, it's flowing. The riverflows.net. And you can go to media. And under media, there's these full-length sermons. But there's also three-minute bite-sized webcasts. I've got 27 three-minute messages about this stuff that you can listen to and share with a friend who can't handle a 45-minute message. They might could handle three. Guys, use that. Share it. We want to get this word everywhere. Matt called me last night after their meeting and said, look, I just met with the state leader who's been with them the whole time, Solomon of the state of Telegana. Hey, I'm asking those guys not to put a lot of stuff on Facebook about what village, what town, what there, because it's persecution there. So we're trying not to share too much of that. Um, Pastor James has an Operation Saturation Advocate Facebook page that's a closed group. But some of this stuff we got to be careful about, okay? Anyway, but Matt's talking with the leader of the state. Andhra Pradesh split, and now is Andhra Pradesh and the state of Telangana. I wouldn't say it's maybe less than half the size of Louisiana in one of the counties, districts, come on, we support. Well, they preached these messages, a series of Go Deep Grace messages to 300 pastors the other day. The leaders listening said, please, we want you to expand to some other districts. Can y'all come? I will take this message. They got it translated into Telugu, the language. We're gonna ha- I'm going to teach, Solomon's going to teach it to the leaders of the other districts. They're going to start teaching it to their pastors. Let them start to get into it more and more. Then we're going to go back in about a year and a half and, and do not one, but maybe three conferences in three different districts that the kingdom expands. Amen? Could y'all, y'all think that'd be a good idea? It's a God idea. You know, it's, it's fun to, to walk in his will and be sure of what his will is. I know that's God's will. I'm absolutely positive about it. That's what we do. That's our heart's message to share this with pastors. I believe there's folks in here that say, hey, glad. I'll, be glad. I'll gladly tie to this church to see what it's doing all over the world. I'm going to go teach this in September back to Uganda, but not just to the western area where all the people had to come far. John's taken me now to three conferences, Western, Northern, and Eastern. We're going to do three conferences sharing this. Amen? Aren't you glad you're a part of that? Amen? Father, thank you. As we close in the...